0: Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family
1: i swear i talk more in the episodes
2: hello there i'm colleen
0: i'm daniel and i'm anders we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories so of course we love star wars
1: and if there's one thing the internet just can't get enough of it's nerds talking about star wars so each episode we journey to a galaxy far far away to discuss what's new in the star wars canon and beyond this is yet another star wars podcast
0: Today, we're so freaking excited mm, to share yes. our initial reactions and theories for the season three premiere of The, of the Mandalorian. I almost said The Bad Batch, because you have been doing that <laughs> for the past
3: month. I the know, epi- that's
0: what we're used to. The episode was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Rick Famuyiwa, uh, who's going to direct a total of three episodes this season. Daniel and I talked about this a few weeks ago. The directing staff for this season, The Mandalorian, is so stacked.
2: Holy it's crap.
3: <laughs>
0: I love Famayiwa episodes. He always delivers. And we will talk
1: about how much he delivered later on because, oh my god, I loved it. I'm so happy he's directing that many episodes this season.
2: And the two finale episodes.
0: Yeah.
1: What?
2: Which is, yeah, so, he's yeah his, his, his next two, two are the last
0: two of the seasons. Seven or eight. Everyone, I am so ready to get to the end of this season, but I
1: will <laughs> enjoy the journey along the way. So, Anders, I think this is a spoiler <laughs> warning.
0: Yes, this is our, your official spoiler warning for this episode in all things Star Wars, Rebels, Clone Wars, everything. Uh, so if you're ready, dodge that space gator, hop into your yes. N1 starfighter as we discuss yes. chapter 17 of The Mandalorian, The Apostate. So, you guys ready to punch it? Oh, absolutely. Hell you just brought yes. up two of my favorite things about this episode. <laughs> all right,
1: Colleen, That's take insane. it away.
2: Daniel loves creatures and ships, so we are a perfect episode combo for Daniel right now. It was the best. All right, so we start out on another unknown planet. We've been getting a lot of unknown planets lately, which I don't Mm -hmm. appreciate. I would like to know what they're called. Thank you. The armorer makes a blue Mandalorian helmet. She brings the helmet to a Mandalorian initiation ceremony by this riverbank. It looks a little... It's very pretty, but also like... Should we be here? Very A cult boy and named Baptism. Yeah, a Baptism. Yeah. I'm like, good Lord. I'm having, like, oh, brother, where art thou flashbacks? <laughs> a boy named Ragnar, not Din. I don't know if you guys were tripped up by this, but I thought it was. was a flashback. Oh,
1: I totally, totally thought it was, was a flashback.
2: What great. Also, casting. the fact that his
1: name <laughs> is Ragnar, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> Please tell me his last name's Lothbrook.
2: I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> But yes, not Din. He swears the creed, most of it, before dying the helmet. Mm-hmm. However, before they can complete the ceremony, this alligator-like creature attacks. That's like uh,
0: underselling it, it. It's like an alligator crate dragon.
2: Yeah, it's huge, yeah. guys. It's massive. It's amazing. Huge, huge, huge monster that is attacking them. Before they can... Uh, here we go. The creature eats some of them, which had my ick factor mm-hmm. going, guys. I have a fear of being eaten. I don't know mm mm No, absolutely not. They I was to getting explosives. Jurassic Park
1: vibes. I loved yes. it.
2: Yes, Jurassic Park with the undersea creature that goes up and gets the great white shark. No, yes. mm-mm. I'm not all about that life. They try to plant explosive on the monster, but this does not work. His armor is way too thick. Din arrives in his N1 starfighter with mm-hmm. Rogu and fires torpedoes into the creature's side, killing it. Which, let the dragon live like he's living so, his best life i
1: was a little shocked they did some viscera with that like if you yeah, look the did. missile they show like a testin flying away
2: mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty gross it's like okay that's what we're doing this season
1: Shocking din, Disney Plus.
2: i know right din visits the armor and asks how he can redeem himself the armorer tells him that he is no longer a mandalorian since he willingly removed his helmet in front of people the armor believes that he cannot be redeemed since the mines and living waters were destroyed during the Great Purge of Mandalore. Din shows her a Mandalorian inscription, which he obtained from a Jawa, which is fantastic, who got it from someone who visited Mandalore. So this is like
0: I know a guy, Mandalorian, I know it's a
2: guy. Yeah, Mandalorian yeah. crystal telephone, basically. The armor says the inscription proves that Mandalore's entire surface has been crystallized by fusion rays, which is probably very beautiful from above, but not so great if you want to live there. Din believes that the Traveler managed to reach the mines, however, so he's going to try to. The armor accepts his quest and says, this is the way. Because she Mm -hmm. can't really stop him. I mean, she could try, but I don't think she really needs to either. She's like, I can get rid of him.
1: I appreciate that she's like, yeah. If you can prove it, then you're back, buddy. I she sticks to her creed, uh, mm-hmm. whether she likes it or not. While they're traveling through space, well, hyperspace more specifically, Grogu is watching the hyperspace tunnel, and he starts to observe several large shapes traveling alongside them. The pergil, the <laughs> midnight freaked out. We looked at each other.
3: I like, did the Leo thing. I was like,
2: like, I screamed. I screamed. We were like, oh and- my god. My mom was like, are you all right?
1: <laughs> I am more than all right. Like, I saw Pergill in live action.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
1: amazing. So they hop out of hyperspace, and they're at Navarro. And Din notices the streets are cleaner, they're safer, there's droids and beings of all different species walking around. Mm-hmm. So they get to the square, and they pass a statue of IG-11.
3: and <laughs> Quote-unquote uh, statue. Yeah, it's true.
1: yeah, well, partly, Din reminds Grogu of their old friend, and uh, Grief Karga shows up. He has become the new High Magistrate of Navarro. Hi, High Magistrate. <laughs> High Magistrate. Make sure you say it. Also, peep the cape, and the two <laughs> droid uh, little wheelie guys on the back holding it up so it doesn't yes. drag on the ground. Respect. Yes. Um. <laughs> So Grief tells Dan that Navarro mm-hmm. has become an official trade spur of the Hydean Way, and Navarro has been under- undergoing a construction boom due to the mining in the system's asteroid field. So, they're making the town look nice. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, it's an attractive offer. Like, this is a good place. How about mm-hmm. you settle on some land on the outskirts of the city? Become the marshal. Come on, buddy. Like, trying to, to lure him in. Yeah. Um, unfortunately protocol droid comes up and says hey Grief, you you got some visitors. Grief's like oh, we'll, we'll, yeah. well, they'll wait. Like, I'm talking to my buddy Mando over here and he's like no, there's pirates. So <laughs> this guy Nikto Vane is in town uh, and he wants yeah. to have a drink with Grief. And he's like yeah so uh, let's just go into this pub here that Vane's been trying to get into and a protocol droid's been blocking him from. Mm-hmm. It's a school now and yeah. Grief is trying to pull him away and he says uh what's his name vane says no he says i think we're going to drink here we can drink at it, school uh, yeah yeah let's <laughs> just drink at the school so it gets tense and vane challenges him to a gunfight grief uh, grief is amazing he just knocks it right out of his hand
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh didn't kill him like, didn't kill him i was impressed with his restraint tells him uh remind gory and shan that Navarro is no longer friendly to pirates but uh unfortunately the other guys don't get the memo and are gunned down and Vane is the only one to survive
0: oh no i feel so bad for him
3: oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right guys it's time for the exposition dump <laughs> we get the we get the full rundown from brief part number one he needs a new marshal because Cara Dune was recruited by New Republic Special Forces after
3: she mm-hmm. captured
0: Moff Gideon, who mm-hmm. was sent to a New Republic War Tribunal. So now Fine we know life. where those guys are. Fine, we've checked in. We know that, where that is. Stop Grief, asking about them. <laughs> Grief also <laughs> yeah. doesn't want New Republic help with Navarro. He wants to make this a truly independent trade anchor in this sector.
1: And, Not a bad idea, I mean, considering where we know the future goes
0: for the New Republic. Yeah, yeah, but you never know. I mean, having some federal funds wouldn't help; wouldn't hurt. I mean, that's true. They were there before.
2: Mm-hmm. That's true. right.
0: Din, though, he's actually here because he wants IG Eleven. Uh, mm. That is, he needs a droid he can trust to help him explore Mandalore, and that is the only droid he has ever trusted. Well, we find out, uh, I mean, Grief Cargo is, he's understandably like, well, IG is dead. (laughs) Like, you remember how that went
2: down? Yeah, he blowed himself up. We found blowed out about that up. in the uh, introduction but, to this episode.
0: But we find out that this <laughs> yeah. statue is actually it's not just the statue of IG-11. It is made out of his parts.
1: <laughs> yeah, salvaged pieces Wild. that they managed to find. <laughs>
0: Wild. <laughs> uh, and so Grief says, "If he's like look, it, no, I'll I'll get you another droid. Then Din says, no, I want IG. So they take the statue down. And he connects IG's body to power source which revives him. This, unfortunately though, only restores IG-11's memories up until the time when he was determined to kill Grogu. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And after a yeah. brief skirmish where Din throws Grogu across
2: Yeated the him. room. Yeeted him right out of his own hands. tossed <laughs> the baby.
0: Hey, Grief caught him.
3: Yeah, Grief caught him. It's fine. Grief I caught mean,
0: him. It's fine. Um, the protocol droid topples a bust of Karga onto IG's head.
2: Very funny. <laughs> oh, God.
0: I mean, and I mean, he was crawling across is. the floor. He was a torso only. It was it was actually really freaky. Yeah. Uh, they bring IG to some Anzel- <laughs> and <laughs> in their tiny little hole shop, <laughs> but they say they can't repair IG's memory circuit because it's extremely rare, which I have questions about. <laughs> It's Mm -hmm. a pretty common droid.
3: I can't find him. I don't know.
0: Yeah, really strange back and forth where we can absolutely understand what they're saying, but grief is still like translating for Mando, for Din.
1: And you can tell Mando is just getting so annoyed. Like, I get it. He's like, I can understand. finally speaking basic now.
0: So Din says, All right, I will get the part if you can repair him grief wishes th- him safe travels and they leave
2: we're traveling a lot everybody while yeah. leaving the planet we get our first space battle of the season the pirates are back and they try to take down din in the asteroid field but he easily wins the fight especially with that starfighter very maneuverable din takes Virgo to kalevala after a really hilarious encounter with the pirate captain which we will talk about later and of course, Kalevala is the planet within the Mandalore system, which belongs to House Kreeze. Uh-oh. After landing, they walk through an empty castle into a throne room where they find Bo-Katan Kreeze, who has abandoned her plans to retake Mandalore. Mm. Not a great look right now. She's, like, relaxing. Seems a little out of it. A little bit forlorn. Still hot. Oh, Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah sizzling.
2: Scorchingly hot. She says without the Darksaber, her forces melted away, and she also mentions that her fleet have reverted to being mercenaries, which yeah. yikes, just because she doesn't have a freaking sword that some watery tart threw at her from a <laughs> means that she yes. can't <laughs> rule Mandalore. So Bo asks Din if he has the Darksaber still, and tells him to use it to lead the people, because she's pretty much done. Din asks if she's given up on her plan to retake Mandalore, and she's like, you know what, your own cult the Children of the Watch gave up on Mandalore before the Purge like I was there during the Purge and he I was, was one there. of them yeah I was one of them who was mm-hmm. there and she's like where the F were you It's like well he was probably still a little young like not super mm-hmm. young he's probably in his 20s but still the Children of the Watch and other factions of course divided their people and Bo tells Din to go home because there's nothing left and he's like uh my home is an N1 star fight <laughs> Yeah, I can't go home I've got to go like at least try and do so
1: I wonder if Bo is going to have some self reflection in this season and because uh, when she says uh, other factions divided their people I hope she's talking about Death Watch too yeah. because you were in fucking Death Watch Bo-Katan yeah. like yes. I hope you were talking Pot, about yourself kettle. too yeah Yes. <laughs> So Den wants to return to Mandalore to bathe in the living waters and be forgiven for his transgressions. She says there's nothing magical about these mines. Like it, it is a place that they got Beskar from. All the superstitions are just that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says Mandalore has been poisoned. It's plundered. It's polluted. Like there's no point. Yeah. And Den reminds her. She said that curse was a lie, and she needs to make up her mind. Like what? Which one is it? So she tells him the mines are located underneath the Civic Center in Sundari. If he wants to go, that's where he has to go. And so Den vows to find out whether Mandalore has truly been poisoned and she bids him a goodbye.
2: Oof, that was very tense. That entire yes. scene was very, very tense. Yes. All right. So now we're going to head into our reactions and favorite moments section. Pergal, holy shit.
3: <laughs> I love them. I, love them I so saw much. that
2: silhouette in the blue hyperspace lane. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> so I was so excited. Um, really, really happy to be home. I was working from home. So I got to take a break to watch the episode yesterday. Nice. I had no idea we we're going to be visiting so many locations in one episode. So mm-hmm. that was a little jarring, but I'm glad that we kind of touched base with everybody that we're going to be seeing this season. I like that they're on the move, like Din and Grogu. They're on their own little mission. So at least we'll maybe be popping in on other characters and won't have too many side stories this season. And they're heading toward Mandalore. Like, I mean, they still have to go get the IG part first. So I hope we don't dick around with that too much. I know. I know. Well, we'll see if they really need it. I just hope that they do that like next episode, get it done and then head to Mandalore right away because that's what I'm interested in. They do a really good job of setting up the season's goals, and we know where the characters are right away. It was a good decision just to kind of have a shorter episode at the start to just get people reacquainted with what things have happened. Unfortunately, if they haven't watched Book of Boba Fett, they won't know why Grogu is with Din, but that Mm -hmm. is a topic for another pod. Uh, I do get really mad when i think about bo katan losing all of her people just because she doesn't have the dark saber it really pissed me off Yeah. although i think we'll be seeing the mandalorians return to her leadership by the end of this whole thing like when she's done sitting on her throne lounging like maul i was like girl don't be <laughs> sitting like maul on your throne he's Ugh. not
1: the one to emulate
2: he really is not and I did love seeing the home planet of House Crease. I think that was really yeah. cool to see it in live action. Very Dragonstone-y. Very Game of Thrones beauty right? to it. Very stark beauty. Just, I would like uh, to see it, it have grinded, more people.
3: Uh,
1: it reminded me a bit of the Atreides house in mm. Dune. hmm Yeah. Yeah, where is everyone?
2: They left her. She's got a droid.
1: <laughs> I mean, she doesn't even have anyone. Like, that's... Yeah
2: it's really hopefully
1: sad. there's there's someone with her soon you guys know i'm a sucker for space battles yeah so <laughs> pirates pirate space battle and they're probably going to be a reoccurring villain yes. of course i was happy and then they start the episode off with a giant monster alligator <laughs> everything they could have done to make me happy mm-hmm. they did it was amazing Uh, If you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, I feel like this was a good way to kind of onboard you. Uh, They're like, hey, he's back. This is what we're doing. Just roll with it. Obviously, there's still going to be some questions, but I think there was enough fun stuff going on and enough progression forward that if you didn't really understand what was going on, at least, you know, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not sitting here wondering what do we have to know anything? Nope, we're going forward. So
3: hmm. yeah,
0: I think didn't you just put it really well. This episode was so much it was fun, yeah,
3: it, was, fun. it
0: yeah. was so much fun. There was a lot of zipping around, which Colleen, like you said, was a little jarring, um, yeah. but there was just this was doing so much table setting in such a short span of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I kind of wish it'd been a little bit longer overall. I still had a Same. great time with the episode, but like coming to this after andor. And mm-hmm. just it's it's really not fair to necessarily compare those two the two shows because they are right. they have come from very, very different perspectives, have very different purposes. But between that and even like thinking back to the first couple episodes of The Mandalorian, like way back season one, this was starting to give me some more like Return of the Jedi type vibes. Like we're really kind of leaning into the cuteness Mm -hmm. and the fun as opposed to some of the more serious tones that the that it took on in the beginning right um which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i also don't want mandalorian to kind of like lose its edge quote-unquote right
2: i think we'll head there i think once they start talking about what really happened during the purge yeah i think it's gonna get very dark so maybe they're just kind of starting out with some humor
0: yeah yeah and I do and then, like love I, I love that, Um, you know, I say, quote unquote, cuter. I do love that we're seeing more aliens like yeah. that was one yeah. thing that I think we all agree and or was kind of lacking.
1: Yes, I, I and I like that a lot of these aliens looked practical. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, obviously, there was CGI involved, but you could tell that there were a lot of prosthetics involved. It looked very good. Mm-hmm. Um yes. I do want to say something about like the kind of cuteness, more lightheartedness of this of this episode. I feel like so the first two seasons, you know, they're on the run from the imperial remnant on from Gideon. There was a little bit more of a, you know, they had a target on their back. Mm-hmm. This one, they're a little more free. They're doing their thing. Like things mm-hmm. feel like they're on the up and up. Maybe this is just the tinfoil hat in me, but it feels like. They're on a high right now, and this season is going to be bringing them down on a low. Yeah. Because going to Mandalore cannot end too well.
3: No, uh, I don't think there's, so. <laughs>
1: they're, I, I feel like they're, they're on the up and up of the rolling coaster, and it's about yeah. to go shooting down yeah. soon. Yeah.
2: Because they, they have to go visit Pelly, right, to get this part. So we'll get a little bit more entertainment maybe with Pelly. and then once they head to Mandalore, it's like, Mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) it's not gonna be fun guys (laughs) they're gonna make us cry it's gonna be fun. okay uh fave moments grogu hugging that poor (laughs) and i didn't see it coming i should have that's his face when he first saw them was like a little kid seeing a puppy like ah i'm gonna they're
1: smaller than me
2: Uh, yeah they're smaller than (laughs) It was just adorable. I know people are like, "Oh my god, he's gonna eat him!" It's like, no, he no. obviously knows like that this is a an intelligent creature. He just really wants to hug it. <laughs> yeah, something smaller than him. I love grief and his expanding wardrobe. Like every season, his wardrobe gets more extravagant. His cape yes. gets longer. The droids carrying his cape. That was such like, a great touch. Perfect. No notes we except didn't catch him the first time. They have four hundred one k.
1: Yes i didn't catch like, them at first rides. and then he's turning around yes. and going up the stairs and i'm like yes. oh my yes. god you asshole i yeah. love you
2: <laughs> they're adorable too they're just such cute little droids um yes. also loved grogu spinning in the chair using the force and grabbing that little star wars skittle or m&m whatever it was yeah uh, the candy jar with the force just cash you can just do that now thanks luke for all
1: that. <laughs> amazing <laughs>
2: Daniel, how about you?
1: Oh, I mean, I think we can already tell. The asteroid space fight, the asteroid fucking space <laughs> fight. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like 10 out of 10, no notes, loved it. Also, pirates, come on, come on. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh-huh. This is amazing. And that captain, he looked like Davy Jones and the swamp thing. And then I'm going to show you guys a picture of what I'm talking about. This is called a Pizza brute. The hut. <laughs> oh, we cannot the hut. screen Pizza share the hut. on this Zoom, unfortunately. There uh-huh. is a thing called a brute from Halo, and it's basically like oh, this yeah, big kind is. of ape looking thing. Oh, it looked like a face of a brute <laughs> with the Davy Jones swamp thing beard.
2: Yes,
0: it
1: was mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. creature mm-hmm. character mm-hmm.
2: design i love davy
1: jones from the pirates of the caribbean and like the what was it 2006 when the second one came out mm-hmm. and those tentacles and he looked so real back then one of my favorite characters those designs effects still hold I've up ever seen yeah. still hold up so then i see this fucking pirate captain <laughs> and i lost my mind i love Gorian shard if i'm pretty sure that's his name again yeah. i love him great name. he's the best holy I shit cannot too. wait for him to come yeah back.
2: his ship was really cool his ship was really amazing. really cool and this is he like part drain gear yeah. the Ooh, carnivorous plant from the high republic that could
1: be interesting but oh that, that could would be, be interesting.
2: really that would be really cool um
1: they're not the very band. like bipedal like he is what so i would be i would be a little shocked if that was but that would be a fun shout um yeah everything to do with those pirates amazing their okay. ships their star fighters were amazing Ish, sick design and then the space alligator Yeah, the space alligator
2: just he was adorable. amazing it was i was like i want amazing. to give him a little pat on the snoot i want to boop this yeah right <laughs> <laughs> as he's slaughtering mandalorians left and right that's fine Sanders, how about you
0: i i mean when i saw the Purgle, i just i almost flipped out i i nearly texted colleen mm-hmm. but then i was like no i don't want to spoil this for her also where she is it might not even be four o'clock in the morning so
2: <laughs> i would not have heard the phone it's fine
0: <laughs> but you see that it was just so cool i loved majestic. i loved that just Amazing. the quick draw the quick draw fight mm-hmm. with the pirates that was the cool. very western just yes mm-hmm. stare stare you down try me motherfucker
2: i love din just chilling yeah. yeah not getting involved just leaning on the wall <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Bocaton just like sprawled out on the throne just mm-hmm. being like totally like ugh, i'm over it <laughs> it's, yes. it's done amazing it's no over. notes love mm-hmm. her um she's like
2: was... i miss my sister she dealt with this crap
0: <laughs> the castle in general just looked really cool i mm-hmm. loved i loved those moments Pauline, i mm-hmm.
1: uh, have a mini rant to say because you brought up her Uh-oh. sister oh Yeah, maybe Satine, her (laughs) sister, would still be around if Bo-Katan wasn't in what? Death Death Watch. Watch. Who brought who? Darth Maul to where? Mandalore, where he did Mm -hmm. what? Killed Satine. Bo, I love you, but every once in a while, I remember the fact that you were Mm -hmm. in fucking Death Watch and did all
0: of that. And it's your fault.
2: I don't know, maybe Satine would still
0: be alive if she was willing to put up a fight
2: no I mean... <laughs> she was switzerland she wanted to be neutral
1: <laughs> i'm i'm putting a lot of blame on bo katan when also Previsla was Pre-Vizla's, the leader of yeah. death watch so yeah. let me throw the appropriate blame his way but still bo katan you were in that fucking terrorist group i yeah. love you but you made very bad mistakes
2: and where is your nephew where is corky is he safe where is, corky? is he all right we I'm don't convinced. know he's
0: being played by jude law it's gonna be fine
2: I would be very happy with that. Okay. That
0: would be amazing.
2: Oh, back on task. <laughs> we can rant about Satine for a very long time, everyone. We're going to head into our Easter eggs, connections, and callback section. So the first one is kind of a before the show Easter egg. John Favreau mm-hmm. did an interview where he said that Grogu was with Luke for two years. What?
3: <laughs> like, two what?
2: years. So like. It's nice to get an idea of how long the training took, but he was away from Din that long. Like right? I thought, maybe a year, maybe. And Favro's like, "No, Bo Katan's like 90. Uh, he was gone for two years. What is happening?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to bring up the, the talk about this point for a second because I mean, this is not necessarily a new concept mm-hmm. to storytelling in general, the concept of a time jump to Star Wars in general. The period between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi is actually two or three years.
2: Yes. While they're preparing and trying to find out where Han is.
0: Right. While (laughs) they're doing all of that. But we get like signifiers about how much time has passed, right? Like Luke's costume is entirely different. Everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of like aged up a little bit. Luke's power level has jumped pretty significantly. A new lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. He's they've done all that here. The only real indicator is just that Navarro seems to be doing well, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that I think was a little strange. Also, just going back to the entire point of um, in that same interview, you know, John Favreau, I think, rightly stated that one of the reasons they did what they did with Book of Boba Fett was because they realized, like, character wise, Grogu and Din are kind of at a standstill. What they're Development-wise, while they're apart, yeah. So we need to get that. We he they he didn't want to spend a full season of them being apart before bringing them back together. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Which makes sense. I still take issue with the idea that in these kind of like interconnected universe shows, it it's it's helpful to watch like everything, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be required. (laughs) Yes. And at that point, I think that's where they kind of cross that line where. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch the Book of Boba Fett, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on
2: here. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a drop the ball situation. Drop the Grogu. Yeah. yeah, which luckily they did not do.
0: No, they just threw him. They just. Threw him. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: honestly, they hail
2: married him right across. Yes, they
1: should have edited those two episodes and just made it like
2: hmm.
0: a
1: little, but like a Mandalorian
0: miniature movie or something. They would have made. They would have made great season premieres. Yeah. yeah, together
3: mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
0: yeah so
3: oh. I, I take issue with some of those things
0: that Favreau said ultimately though I mean it worked out we've seen it all so we
2: don't care yeah, yeah we're fine <laughs> we've watched everything
0: yeah
1: we're I think we're gonna have to move on to the next one because we're mm-hmm. talking a little bit too much about Book of Boba Fett and mm-hmm. I might start voicing opinions about uh-huh. how Tuscans were underutilized
0: season two is apparently <laughs> happening oh my Oh Put
1: me in the writer's room because I have opinions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to the Mandalorian. Oh my. Uh, let's start with that title, the apostate. So this episode's title means a person who has renounced their religion or their political beliefs based on or their principles.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a little bit of a misnomer here because Din has not really renounced his cult. In fact, they are the ones that have basically renounced him.
2: Right. He's more like an exile.
0: Yeah. yeah, like he
2: was excommunicated.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but that doesn't I, sound as cool. The, as the the excommunicated <laughs> does not sound
1: as cool. <laughs> oh man! So we do get a bunch of Mandalorian symbols, though, of the people that Den is not a part of anymore. Apparently, uh, which ah, they're so lame. Uh, so we get the Mythos, uh, the mythosaur skull hanging in the armor's cave. That was really always loved seeing cool. that.
2: That was cool. As soon as everywhere. it popped
1: up on screen, <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. Uh, we got to see Clan Visla's flag during the init- initiation ceremony. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. As has still with the armor, but uh, where did she find all these new followers? She is really good at just finding <laughs> hidden uh, children of the Watch everywhere. Yeah, she is.
0: We're going to talk yeah. about that in a little bit. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a family alert. Oh, my. That foundling, whose indoctrination is interrupted in the opening scene, is played by Wesley Kimmel, who is the nephew of Jimmy Kimmel, which is crazy, but also really cool. Nepotism! Played, I know, right? Nepo <laughs> baby! Sorry, my dear, you were very lovely in that role. He, he was. also played the Tuscan Raider child ever. in Book of Boba Fett, which is like, yes, this kid is great. Have him play all of these like kid roles, because he has a really great presence on screen. Mm-hmm. When he came on, I immediately was like, okay. This can be Young Din. I'm fine with that. And then he turned out to be his own thing. I'm like, uh, can we yeah. get him back? Because he's interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Next up, we have several Mandalorian locations seen and mentioned uh, in addition to all those symbols. So Bose Castle, as we mentioned, is on the planet Kalavala. Uh, and she mentions the capital city of Sundari. Both of those locations have been introduced in the Clone Wars.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: uh i have a feeling that sundari does not look as nice as it did in the clone Wars.
2: no yeah. it's gonna be a big old mess
1: <laughs> as soon as they said kalavala i was like oh i know what we're doing this is so good mm-hmm. i was very excited <laughs> and speaking of something else that had me excited all right, that was not a mythosaur that came out of the water. No. Uh it that alligator-like creature, it doesn't have an official name, but Wikipedia is calling it the dinosaur turtle because <laughs> in the descriptive audio that's what they called it. And I mean fair, it's got like the dinosaur plating on, or the the turtle plating on its back and mm-hmm. it is a massive massive alligator, which are basically living dinosaurs still today.
2: So I'm fine with it. Yep. I'm sure it'll have an official name at some point, because, of course, they come out with, like, the art books. You know, but right like now, Dinosaur Turtle dinosaur can stay. Turtle, we I like think it. we can
1: just keep it Dinosaur Turtle.
2: You know what, creature I was more excited to see, though? The Purgle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the space whales are back. These guys are first seen in Rebels. They're forward-sensitive creatures that fly through space and hyperspace, searching for food. They're thought to be the original inspiration for hyperspace travel, which is really cool. Are they responding to Grogu here or is this more of like a tease for the return of Ezra and Thrawn? Like that would be really cool if Grogu could kind of communicate with them because four sensitive creatures can like go back and forth. But I think having Ezra like be it a symbol that Ezra's coming back is much more fun. Uh, The image of them in the hyperspace lane was also very evocative of the Prince of Egypt when they're walking through the Red Sea when the big shark mm-hmm comes yeah. swimming by. Yeah.
3: Everyone so please cool. watch
2: Prince of Egypt if you have not seen it. It is real. beautiful, breathtaking, gorgeous, great score, fantastic voice cast. Please watch the Prince of Egypt.
0: There's no reason that movie had to go as hard as it did and it absolutely
1: went. There. It goes
2: so hard. <laughs> so so hard. Steve Martin I haven't seen it in so long, Martin but it's yes.
1: still like it still has a place in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, next up we have the Heidi and Spur. Uh, This is part of the Hydean Way super route, which is the only hyperspace lane that passes throughout pretty much the entire galaxy. So if Navarro is along this route, then it's going to be getting noticed a lot more. Uh, It's worth noticing, several fans have kind of pointed out that the established canon route of the Hydean Way, does that actually pass anywhere near Navarro? (laughs) (laughs) They
1: they built an (laughs) on-ramp.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: my so God.
0: bit of a retcon. We know how much Colleen loves a retcon just as much as I love a flashback. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Brian>. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> so uh guys, we have to say goodbye to someone. Kara Dune is gone. Mm. According to Grief, uh, she was recruited to Special Forces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, unfortunately, the off screen drama with Gina Carano made it impossible for her to return. Um mm-hmm. I am I am sad that we lost the character of Cara Dune. Same. I am not sad that we lost Gina Carano. Same. (laughs) Sorry, but
2: I'm not. (laughs) I'm
1: not. Uh, So Cara Dune is off on a new mission uh, with the Special Forces. They have been featured in novels like Alphabet Squadron and Aftermath. I wouldn't be mad if in Season 4 she somehow appeared uh, looking a little bit different after she was in special forces mm-hmm. and no one really says anything they're just like <laughs> good to have you back friend just like in beer fest <laughs> yeah you know what I every once in a while you have to do a recasting yeah like sometimes you just bring in Don Cheadle and you just <laughs> roll with it and he's war machine now and you just do it
2: I was gonna say I wouldn't be mad if he was Cara Dune. <laughs>
1: know <laughs> yeah, what? You can cast Don Cheadle as Cara Dune and I'd be happy. Like, Sometimes
0: you just need a new security officer of the exact same species of the person that left. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, cast Don Cheadle, please. <laughs> okay, next we have the Enselins. Adorable. <laughs> Love we them. knew they were coming this season. This is Babu Freaks, people. If people will remember Babu Freak the most, hey. uh, these guys popped out of the wall, though, like the Muppet mice in Muppet Christmas <laughs> Carol. And I was I like, some no, "Jesus for those <laughs> <laughs> like, this is fantastic. Grogu was not the only one who was delighted to see them. These little guys specialize in I mechanics and are best known as droid repairers. Like they are mm-hmm. really super great at repairing droids. I do miss Babu Frick. One of the only good things to come out of Rise of
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I I was delighted by this scene. Just mm-hmm. hey, we fixed the
2: drawer. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. Like, laughs>
2: <device>. Any chance <laughs> for like the so puppeteers cute. to come out and do stuff? I'm like, yes. Yes. Please.
1: So clearly puppets and so clearly <laughs> amazing.
2: Mm-hmm
0: next up we have ig in his terminator moment so when his torso is like crawling across the floor he's only really got one arm that is very much paying homage to the the closing scenes of terminator where the t-800 is mm-hmm. doing the exact same thing trying to catch sarah connor
3: mm-hmm. it
0: was creepy it, it was, was so awesome creepy. give me more so of this creepy.
2: shit right yeah, i like that was, when mando that was does good. that the kind of horror creature feature stuff yeah
0: oh uh, the, the ice spiders
1: that's exactly what i was thinking of <laughs> Yes, that was oof. So, speaking of creepy things, little Salacious Bee Crumbs hanging out in the trees. <laughs> uh, so, we saw them in the trailer. We knew they were coming. So, they're not actually all named Salacious Bee Crumb, even though that is one of the best names in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the species are called Kowakian monkey lizards. Mm-hmm. They've come a long way on Navarro, because the first time we saw them, they were getting roasted uh, and eaten on the streets. And yep. now they actually get to hang out in trees. So just don't <laughs> laugh rudely at people like you did in Jaba's palace,
2: please. Because then you will get eaten.
1: <laughs> I would be so embarrassed if I was like walking and tripped in Navarro, and then a whole tree of Quacky and monkey lizards just yeah.
2: like <laughs> just like <laughs> laughing at me. You, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god! No, we're we're cutting down the tree, and you all have to go. <laughs> Tree goes,
2: go. monkey lizards go. You <laughs> all have to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of what has to go, the pirates have to go from Navarro. Yeah. <laughs> Navarro will be independent. Much like Sansa Stark, Grief is
3: <laughs> determined
2: <laughs> that his little kingdom will be independent from the larger government. I'm sure that'll work out fine for him. This also calls back to Bilbo's statement from season two about the common people not caring about who's in charge. Which In is fact, why
0: grief has like such fly threads, you know.
2: Yeah, he looks great. I mean, and he's obviously got charisma. He must know what he's doing because Navarro is thriving under his leadership. I think he's. I think he's a good people manager. Like he's a good, like yeah, he just gets shit done. Upper management that actually does shit. What?
3: Unheard <laughs> of.
2: Like he's earning that yeah. CEO salary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh man. So we also get to see Bo's castle. This is a gorgeous palace, and it very clearly Mandalorian architecture. It's very similar to the throne room that we saw in Sandari and Clone Wars or the Ren homestead in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, just wondering how did Den know to get there? I'm guessing maybe like Children of the Watch keep pretty good records of Mandalorian things because like each clan seems to have their own planet. Yeah. you know the big ones i feel like it would probably be pretty common knowledge where clan krees lived because they're one of the biggest ones
2: yeah yeah you would Definitely. hope so it just Definitely. seems yeah. like his knowledge and his education as a mandalorian was not that great
1: i mean he did say part of being a mandalorian is getting around the galaxy when he was given mm-hmm. that lesson to grogu
2: mm-hmm. and he that was given
1: a lesson where in the spaceship yeah <laughs> oh made it made it so great <laughs>
0: And in the spaceship, he was fighting the pirates. Mm. So those pirates we saw, we had a Nikto, a Clatoonian, a Mm Trendosian, a Quorin. We met Gorian Shard, but still have no idea what race he is. He looks like Mm -hmm. Daniel mentioned Davy Jones earlier. If he got like attacked by some kind of a plant thing. Um, We also have a weak way, but there's one weak way we haven't seen yet. We have (laughs) fucking space pirates in Star Wars. Where is Hondo? Two okay. shows
2: airing the at the hell? same time have pirates, but no Hondo. No, no Hondo.
0: Okay. This is okay. an injustice. I will out not here. let this stand.
1: Let me throw this out here. <laughs> what if we get Hondo when the pirates come back and Hondo is on their side against Gorian Shard? It would I mean, be I the would best <laughs> episode of my life. Yeah. Give the people what we need. No, Especially now if I'm...
2: like Gorian took over from Hondo.
0: I mean if we if we do ultimately if Ahsoka does ultimately reintroduce Ezra, he's gotta call Hondo at some point. He's gonna need something absolutely. from him.
1: Okay. Definitely. If we don't get yeah. Hondo in Bad Batch or Mando, we absolutely need to have him in Ahsoka. Damn. We straight. know for a fact that his live action look is perfect and spot on because we've seen him live action at Disney. Uh yeah at, at his attraction. Yeah. Put him in the fucking universe guys i'm so serious <laughs> he's
2: there they already have the animatronic version we know he's alive on Two during the freaking sequel time we know he's alive like come on where is he <laughs> oh everything's fine okay so next we're going to do a couple discussion points i think the main one for this season is going to be out about change and if it's possible yeah whether it's personal change or trying to change your entire culture, like grief, his past is kind of coming to bite him in the ass. I'm really hoping that the pirates stay away from Navarro. But this is like, you led kind of a good life before, and now you're leading, and then you were a freaking like mob boss, basically hiring out bounty hunters. And now you're trying to actually go legit and run a town, and people rely on you. And I'm just really hoping that that does not come crashing down around him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I really hope that does not happen because I I want Carl Weathers to keep giving just like this amazing performance. I don't want him yes. to be in trouble of any sort. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope that kind of hope the pirates just keep chasing Mando. Now. I think that would be hysterical. Um, (laughs) Bo and probably Din together need to change the minds of the Mandalorians from blindly following that goddamn dark saber. And yes, I'm curious. Do you guys wonder why Din didn't draw the dark saber when he caught up with the watch? Like he probably could have, and have could could have just brought them all. Well, he partially he sort of
0: rejects it on its premise
2: yeah he does
0: when, yeah when the, when Gideon and Bo were like telling him about it and how oh my god this means that you're like the rightful leader of Mandela, he was like
2: mm-hmm.
0: the fuck i am
2: it's like i don't, I don't think it. the watch
0: respects it
1: in that way
2: <laughs> they might unless they were they, rolling they
1: might not yeah, yeah. yeah. they might unless not the respect it in it. that way yeah um yeah they because tried if they Bo- see him as <laughs> if they see him as an outcast though uh then they might not even care that he is the dark saber
3: mm-hmm.
0: which is weird because well, they were totally willing to let maul have it which i mean
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> right a lot but of bullshit goes on in the combat
0: saber. yeah
1: he also earned that in combat though against pre and that's one of the requirements Though, is like you earn it in combat. Now, there right. were people that were like, wait, no, we can't give this to an outsider, though. Yeah, so the, like, there was even Division or, yeah. and Death Watch. Yeah. yeah. So I think the problem is, like both said, they've had so many different factions that have fractured and changed these things. She talked about how the mines and uh, the waters down there, like, they're just superstitions. They just supplied Beskar. The Dark is not anything mm-hmm. special. It's right. just a lightsaber that is made in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's not anything more than a symbol, and a symbol's only worth what you put into it. So, right. I, I, it's like, can the watch change from their ways? Can the Mandalorians as a whole evolve right. and move past some of the bullshit they've been going through?
2: I think it's hard to say, and I think we will find out by the yeah. end of oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> So, I want to take a second here and talk about bow versus the armor. Mm Because I think that these are two really interesting characters to kind of contrast with each other. So Bo is in a position where she has held the actual, like, widely accepted Mandalorian symbols of power. She comes from a house. She comes from a very powerful clan. She has a fucking castle. Her sister was the elected ruler of Mandalore. And at one point, she did wield the Darksaber. And yet now, she is all alone. She is Mm -hmm. sitting in this huge, empty hall with nothing, right. Whereas the armor, Daniel, you mentioned this earlier. Everywhere she seems to go, she seems to have no, absolutely no problem building up a new covert, mm-hmm. <laughs> building, a, yeah, finding more followers. Now, yep. based on their fight with that uh, that alligator creature, may not be the best warriors that we've ever seen, <laughs> but <laughs> she's able to kind of rebuild this with almost nothing every single time.
2: Yeah, she has staying power. And she's like a cult leader. She's like a a Jim Jones. That magnetism that people want to follow. She makes people feel safe. I hope not anymore because they just all got eaten by a giant fucking space alligator. But Bo may have all of the trappings of a leader, but the symbols only mean so much. The armorer has words. Bo-Katan, not good at words. That was Satine's job. Mm-hmm. Bo is a military leader. She's not... She's
1: good at action.
2: Yes, yeah, she's very good at action. She's a good wartime leader. It's kind of yes. hard when you're in peacetime to be a wartime leader, especially one that was defeated by the Empire and basically like sent running. Yeah. So it's no wonder they're following this person who can bend Beskar to their will, who knows all this lore, who pretends to be like a wizened member of the true Mandalore. Like it's no wonder people who are having issues, like finding a place to live, finding food, finding any sort of life would go for her. Where yeah. she doesn't seem to be wanting to fight necessarily to like bring Mandalore back. She just wants to survive. Whether that's true for her and like personally is neither here nor there when her people just think they're trying to survive and Bo yeah. wants to fight.
1: And she mentioned a lot of their forces went off and became mercenaries because they don't really have a cause to fight for anymore. And it, as twisted as the uh, Children of the Watch cult kind of is, it gives a cause to these wayward Mandalorians that find it. So she, she probably is just coming across refugees from Mandalore and from, you know, other affected Mandalorian planets and just able to be like, do you want to keep living this kind of vagabond off- drifting through the star's existence or do you want to be part of something that right. that is alluring that is alluring if you're in a position I bet
2: if you're tired and you just want to rest yeah and yes and she's offering you a warm bed
0: no. yeah you know who else was resting nice and peacefully yet for some reason we're not letting him anymore it's our guy IG-11 and I just I have to ask the question guys why like, I I am a person who, when it comes to things like IP and comic book logic, I usually am so willing to just roll with it. Like, no, no one's ever really dead. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't, like, cheapen what happened to them or anything. But in this case, I was mm-hmm. just like, no. Why the fuck? Why are we trying to resurrect IG-11? He had a great little arc. Don't he died it. by sacrificing himself. We don't need him back. I mean even on that here's, note.
1: Here's how I, I think we can uh make this work though. Have it not work. Yeah. Have it not work. Like he brings the part back and it still doesn't work. And I and have Din have to overcome his fear and mistrust of droids by making a new droid friend.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you upload a new memory circuit, it's not gonna be IG eleven anyway. it's not not the same person. He went out in a blaze of glory. Whether he, well, knew if, you, he or not. if
0: they repair the memory cord, isn't the goal that they would be that they would restore his memory?
1: But they'd I mean, be bringing they a new memory core that's not gonna like. What are they gonna do? Transfer the corrupted files to the new one? Like what? It's,
2: yeah, sure. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. Somehow C three
0: PO's memory is returned. Wow, oh,
2: my God. Wouldn't <laughs> he get, still be murdering though? If he's still kind of right. in that space of
0: right how do we
1: know that the, he's like back to where he's supposed to be where we left him i so we've been talking about how growth and change is kind of a theme that might be explored have this be another way that we can explore growth and like we we saw in the flashbacks that den is very traumatized by droids he watched his world get invaded by the cis he watched super battle droids gun down people in his home. Like he has deep seated trauma with droids and having him not be able to get the one droid that he trusts to do one of the most important things that he could ever do by going to Mandalore. Like that's, that would be a good bit of dramatic storytelling. If he has to deal with the fact that he's, not got his droid that he wants he might what if he has to go with a droid that he does not trust Mm
3: -hmm. to
1: a place that like is going to be very like impactful to him like he's going to step foot on mandalore that got glassed basically yeah having him deal with he's got to protect the baby and deal with his own paranoia about the planet and the droid at the same time that would be juicy 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 storytelling
3: I'm and no I'm afraid Especially we're just
1: gonna <laughs> I'm afraid we're just gonna get IG-11 though, and it's like, cool mm-hmm. But, if yeah, we're like IG-12 right. IG-12
2: Like, he has a new, okay. a new kind of even personality if he comes back, really Yes,
1: new personality <laughs> where he's not the same, and they make it clear I am not the same droid Right. I'm even okay with that If okay. it's just the same IG-11 that we left at the end of Season 1
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna be bummed out
2: right you want them to create some sort of dramatic tension from the choices that they make
1: don't go the easy way because we already did the easy way by reuniting Grogu and Din in a different season or different (laughs) series sorry series like it's just yeah I'm don't do the easy thing you've been doing very good guys you've had a very good track record and don't disappoint me now Mm
2: -hmm. even
3: -hmm. though
1: you didn't disappoint me with the pirates because I love them so much (laughs)
2: oh my gosh yes i love it okay speaking of pirates we unless andrews did you have anything else for ig
0: no i think we're
2: good okay speaking of pirates we're heading into our final questions and predictions Mm -hmm. for this season those pirates they're going to be back guys you don't just drop really amazing creature design like swamp thing kermit who fell on hard times and then leave it alone we definitely need to see this guy again I kind of like that we got both the Purgle and Pirates in this episode because both mm-hmm. of those things point to Thrawn. Thrawn, one of his first nemesis nemesis was the Vargari Pirates. Nice. And so it's like, hmm, we have Pirates, we have Purgle. So Purgle for Ezra, Pirates for Thrawn. Are we going to end this season feeding into the Ahsoka series? And is that a good thing? I think we're going to talk about that with Anders just a little bit. I want to focus more on Bo Catan. I did mm-hmm. a really long rant after season two of The Mandalorian about how much I hated that Din got the Dark Saber because it mm-hmm. took away a lot of Bo's agency. Uh Katie Sackoff, though, is main cast billing for this show, along yes. with Pedro Pascal. So I think this so season happy. is gonna have her in at least most of the episodes which I'm very much here for. I want to see Mm -hmm. more character development for her. I think Katie Sackhoff can totally kill a Mm -hmm. storyline of a person who joined a cult basically with Death Watch and then had to take up this mantle of leadership only to lose it twice when she didn't really want it. Like she didn't want it either time and she tried and now she does want it but no matter if she tries or she doesn't try, it seems like the world's against her. And I would just really like to see her be able to cast aside the Darksaber, bring her people around to believing in just themselves. Like, believe in Mandalore, believe in Mandalorians, believe in us that we can come back. Isn't that what the armor is doing? Well, she's saying <laughs> that that's what she's doing. I do not trust the armor <laughs> as far as yeah, I can throw Yeah, <laughs> I don't trust her. I do not. I think she's using these people as a means to an end. We don't know yet what her end game is. We do know that she does not like Bo. Yeah. So if they come to head like and start kicking each other's ass in this season, I would be totally here for that, too.
1: I would love to see them in the same room.
2: Mm -hmm. Same. I think that would be very interesting to see these two very powerful leadership role women just absolutely like trying to talk at first, and then devolving into a fight. I'm very here for it.
1: Oh, that would be that would be one of my favorite Star Wars things ever. If they did that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would be mm-hmm. so happy. And I just, just real quick armor. I don't trust you, but I do trust your fashion. We've talked yeah. about how cool <laughs> she looks before, but oh my god, she looks the great. gold helmet with the bear pelt and all the, oh, just mm-hmm. the
2: mm-hmm. drip. I love her. Mm -hmm. Anders, what are you thinking?
0: So uh, I I don't really have as many predictions for this season. I think we've kind of covered those. I have a question around what's coming and centers around our space whale friend, that Purgle. Is this mm-hmm. just a fun Easter egg or is it real foreshadowing about how much kind of Ahsoka setup we could potentially be doing this season? Mm-hmm. Obviously the Pergil are very identified with Rebels and those characters yeah. who are presumably yeah. all coming in Ahsoka. And how much foreshadowing do we think and how much setup we do we think we're gonna get this season? for ahsoka and how much that do we actually want because the story with mandalore is something really juicy that i would love to just sink our teeth into and i'm like i'm fine if we don't check in with ahsoka or anybody from there yeah we're focusing on that plot line
2: i agree i think little easter eggs here and there is great yeah like little callbacks little like nudges like hey wink wink like pergil you know what that means do you guys want a melee run (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) they find some melurons at the store maybe like Sabine is hinted at at the very end of the season I don't know yes yeah like little dots of foreshadowing but nothing as blatant as having like Luke show up at the end of season two um yeah if Ahsoka
1: shows up I hope it's relevant to Din's storyline and not her own. more focused on her like mm-hmm. it i don't think she'll be on mandalore but like maybe if they have to interact like on the fallout of him leaving mandalore or something like that right. it, no, it just gonna, it needs to serve his yeah. story
0: No, they're gonna put her transition they're gonna put her transition to ahsoka the white into this show because why not
1: <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. oh man i would uh, mm, i would have words
1: so i mean <laughs> I would have words too but if I got to watch her cast down a Balrog and then come back as uh, Ahsoka the White I would <laughs> have good words to say.
2: Oh man she slays the mythosaur. <laughs> yes oh my and god and Din's like no that was my ride <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh you know what we'll get him another ride he already has the N1 but maybe a Basilisk War Droid there we go video game reference for Star Wars got it in there <laughs> Um. oh man so we've already kind of talked about my little predictions because we've you know growth and change is as one of the themes that seems like might be explored i'm wondering do we think the armor is going to be challenged uh in her view of the creed like so we already know a season four is coming
3: mm-hmm.
1: maybe not you know this season maybe it comes up later but do you think the armor ever is going to have to move away from the creed or is she gonna be so gung-ho about it that it makes her lose everything around her like i wonder if the armor is ever gonna have to like face facts with with this little cult she's built i hope so yeah i
2: hope it all comes falling down around her
1: (laughs) or or is she willing to change herself
2: right and I don't know if she is. I think she has that. I think she believes her own bullshit, at least partially. Yeah, no, I
1: think she is bought in. Mm-hmm. I I think she's bought in, and she's become a cult leader. But she fully believes the things that she like. She's like, no, this is what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think she's she's false in that way. Like I'm I I believe she believes it.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. I do like that Din is kind of like playing them off of each other. They don't know that, but yeah, he visits them both. Like, yeah,
1: that is a good point.
2: What you doing? Din? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm he's trying to stay both sides,
1: so I always yeah. come out on top.
2: Exactly. He's trying to remain in like both of their kind of peripheral vision, just kind of stay relevant, stay in the picture. But then whichever one. He kind of thinks is the better bet he'll go with.
3: Hey,
2: I'm
1: gonna go bathe in the living waters, <laughs> but hey,
2: do you still want to conquer Mandalore?
1: Because, like, that mm-hmm. can we can do that, right?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like you know, all of this about Bo and about how Mandalore truly was, or he probably doesn't know what to believe now, but she kicked you out. Like, just move on and go with the new flow but then of course yeah. bo lost a whole of followers so now he's like what do i what do i do <laughs> <laughs> he needs help he needs help oh, oh my gosh unless you guys have anything else i think
1: i think that's it
2: all right i think we're done for today with mando season three opener Thank you so much for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts and hit that follow button. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other great Star Wars content, including Bad Batch. We're still doing that. Check Mm -hmm. out all of the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders and me on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast And my book reviews are on the bohemiangeestudies.com website. And of course, join us next time when we take a look at the next episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. We're hoping that we get a little, like, more juicy content that we can chat about next week. Maybe another space battle for Daniel.
1: I mean, they could do it every week for me. I'm totally fine with that.
2: (laughs) Just space battles. That's what we're going with now. We'll still I mean, be not just in. space
1: battles. We'll, just oh, yeah. like every episode, it's like a, a pirate chase again. Okay, gotta get away. <laughs> Maybe now a race. Episode.
2: Oh, God, no. <laughs> 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 well, they probably will be going to Tatooine, so there might be a race in there somewhere. Of course, nice. we'll still be checking in on the Bad Batch every couple weeks as the story arcs finish up. That was really and good t- this week, too. Oh, it was so oh, good. Gosh. You guys, this is going to be a really good episode to talk about. Justice for Creatures. Yes, we will yes. be talking about that in depth next time. Mm-hmm. Until then, remember not to hug your Ansel and friends without asking. Well, huh, Bye, everyone.
3: <laughs> your voice is so goofy.